welcome to the Empowering Agency Workers, a podcast for all temporary workers. If you're unsure of your rights, unsure how to find work, or just plain unsure, we're here to help. It's all too easy to be exploited, so your expert host, Julia Kermode, will empower you to succeed. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm really pleased to have with me Maxine Hart, and we are going to be talking about how to get started when you're new to the jobs market and we kind of know that people are unfortunately losing their jobs at the moment and so some of you will be kind of new to the jobs market perhaps unexpectedly so so we want to try and and help and bit of background about Maxine she's got um some 20 years or so recruitment um experience and she loves it um she's also got loads of other really helpful experience so she's a career um practitioner employability mentor at her local um education and business partnership and is a trustee at her local jobs club so really all in all she's a perfect person to help us and Maxine says that she enjoys meeting people of all backgrounds every day well as and when you're allowed to meet in person and she's still interested in what they have to say about themselves so really warm welcome Maxine thanks for joining us anything to add because um I, you you're just so busy in this whole jobs world so um have, have I done your intro justice oh <laughs> more than justice thank you Julia um f- for me it's about seeing the whole picture mm. so it's rather than just recruiting in a particular niche, niche, it's having that broader spectrum of when people are entering the jobs market after education and yes. also when they're looking to exit it or exit a career and tone down a little bit just, yeah. you know, to maybe to help. I was going to say the cruises, but they're not happening really anytime soon, are they? <laughs> so, no. but, so to see the whole spectrum of people's careers is really mm. interesting and and what they can all offer each other yeah yeah as well so as i said at the very start um suddenly finding yourselves on the job market must be uh, can be a real shock i think so and it can be overwhelming to know where to start especially if you've been in a job for a while and you never really expected to be in this position it's a massive question, but and no doubt we'll cover a lot as we go through. But do you have any suggestions where someone should even start um, start this process of finding their next job? Yeah, it, it is really difficult because we don't always know what we want to do. No. Particularly when adverts and job boards are full of job titles. Mm. And then somebody makes up a funky job title and nobody really knows what it is. <laughs> yeah. what, what I would do is actually sit down and have a think about what you've enjoyed doing before. Now, whether that was in your last role, in a previous role, at school, or even in your spare time, what what activities make you happy? And drawing from them and seeing if they can be replicated in a job. Okay. Rather than just going hell for leather at the job market like a, I don't know, like a rabbit in rabbit headlights, dog in a in a butcher's. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, That is one of the things I think about sometimes is whether I think some people are probably doing a bit of a scattergun approach. Um, mm-hmm. and from what you're saying, that might not be the best way to start. No, because you're going to get rejection. Yeah. Um, even if you are the best candidate in the world, and at the moment you 
if you read any recruitment blogs, you'll be hearing about the unicorn candidate yeah. where yeah. the client, they want this and they want that and they want the other one. And, and basically that person just doesn't exist. Hmm. Although I truly believe that unicorns do. But who's to <laughs> say that a zebra with an ice cream cone strapped on its forehead wouldn't actually be able to do exactly the same job? Yeah, nice. So it's trying to find your skill set and mm. our our culture tends to be quite modest we're yeah. not always the best people at you know praising ourselves but one of the things i would suggest is maybe a shopping list okay what's yeah. non-negotiable in your next role yeah yeah and it could be anything it could be the hours yeah it could be the skill set that you want to use it could be the stuff you don't want okay yeah that's a good point that way you can really start to go through different jobs and different job titles and actually mm. start to search maybe on a skill set so yes. for me it's got to involve people in one form or another yeah. now that might be retail hospitality reception sales customer service and within that that might mean garden center corporate banking company so that skill set will take me anywhere rather than me just looking for customer service representative when it comes then to looking at your cv um and updating that i know well I think there is no right or wrong, but actually you tell me. Um, okay. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, what, what, how should someone go about it? So rather than rush out and, and write a CV mm. and be the best person for the job, but be rejected because they don't know what you know. Mm. And I get there's a sense of urgency, particularly when you're a job seeker who isn't employed at the moment. Yeah. But apply to jobs don't write a cv get the components together yeah yeah so that you've got your store cupboard yeah bring out the ingredients that are relevant to the advert if that makes any sense and if if you want to prepare yourself then maybe look at some job adverts that maybe have closed and a bit like practice exam papers going back to education practice applying for old jobs okay so that you get the speed up because Uh, the quicker you apply for a job the better really um and whether it's a chronological cv um tell me if i'm jumping ahead but no 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 a chronological cv where you've got your um employment history in date order but your most recent first Mm. is very useful when they're going to be interested either in your last job or the company that you work for okay if they're interested in a skill set and a skills skills based cv or a functional cv will work better right yeah but what every cv must be is an evidence-based document okay don't fall into the trap of just rewriting your job description. Think about the language, duties, responsibilities. They're very flat words. Mm. But if you put in your skill set, um, you know, 
I'm great at customer service. So what? So everybody else is going to say that. But if you say I'm great at customer service and whilst at Joe Bloggs and Company, um, I had a guy who was absolutely devastated that the product he bought was faulty. So I not only sent out a replacement, I credited his account so he didn't go on stop, um, sent him a bunch of flowers to apologise and he went on to spend £15,000 more a year with us. <laughs> yeah. So all every time you write something down, think to yourself, so what? Yeah. Yeah. What? Because it's it's not necessarily about what you did in your last job. It's what you're going to do for your new employer. Okay. Okay. And so trying to provide those examples with within your CV, um, I... I hadn't thought of that before. I think that's really helpful because we do all, um, I mean, it's a long time since I've done any recruitment, but you, you kind of get the CVs and they can be quite samey um, from the recruitment perspective. And so anything that kind of really justifies why someone is saying they are good at something um, will help them stand out, I would hope. So yeah. um, t- tell me if I'm wrong, by the way. <laughs> As I no, say, you're, no, you're, you're the recruitment because, expert. You know, back- Back in the olden days, when I started in recruitment... (laughs) When I last recruited, probably. (laughs) We used to say, use a paper with a different look or a different feel. Yes, I've done that. (laughs) Because it's that... If two senses spark a memory, it's deeper rooted. Mm. So it's often like, you know, you might see something but smell something at the same time and the memory comes back. Yes. Yeah, And it, it's the same, you know, I used to use a heavier paper so that if there was a pile of CVs, you could see mine in the sandwich. Yeah, yeah. A different colour. As they were reading it, a texture to the paper. Yeah. Or if anybody remembers Basil and Bond paper as opposed to just <laughs> your normal printing paper. I know what you mean. <laughs> but it's, it's the same effect. Make mm. it very different. And quick just quickly on the profile Mm. that's got to be your brand not what your last job title was not what you did in your last job that's what the rest of your cv is about yeah that's your brand it's you know are you a kit kat are you a starburst are you a snickers are you a mars bar (laughs) yes what are you going to bring that nobody else will bring regardless of whether you're the ceo or the cleaner okay so kind of your key strengths um, and... Um, Personality. Yes. Because a yeah. lot of companies talk about culture fit. You mm. mentioned artists, engineers. You know, they need to be people who can work, work autonomously. Yeah. yeah. They're not going to want micromanagement. Yes. And it's fitting. If, if you have to moderate your behaviour in work, you'll either burn out or you'll be exhausted. Yeah. And you won't last very long. Nobody will be happy. Yes. Yeah. So by getting your brand across, like yeah. for me, short, dark, northern and gobby, um, <laughs> it's, you know, I won't suit every company. Yeah. I wouldn't suit the quiet companies and I wouldn't suit the big companies because I like to feel part of it. Yeah. So it's about choosing your your work relationship 
Yeah. It's your bio. You mentioned um, skills-based versus experience-based. Is there there a preference? Does it depend on the type of job you're going for? Um, Just talk us through a little bit around that, if you could. Okay. So use the job advert as your template. Okay. If they're talking about, we need somebody from this industry, then then chronological, because... They'll know that you've been in that industry recently. And it might be that your last company name is of particular importance to them. Yeah. If they're talking about, we need somebody or that the desirable applicant will have this skill, that skill, then talk about your skills first. So it would probably be skills-based functional CV. Okay. But do your research, Google them. If you're going via a recruiter, call the recruiter. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm going to rewrite my CV for you. What's most important to them? I can talk about everything, but give me their top five so I can get it in there. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Ask for help. Then you can then structure it accordingly. Um, Is there anything, any guidance or best practice around length of CV? Having said we're not going to go into it a lot, it's just (laughs) one of those things that, that always crops up. So when I last job searched, I think the idea was two pages, three at the most, but I don't know what the current kind of um, concept is. I'd I'd say two pages if you can. Yeah. Without wanting to depress everybody, they've got to buy into you within the first half of the first page or they might not even get to the bottom of page one. So Mm. whatever your research tells you is most important to them, it's it got to be impactful in that first half page because this isn't this isn't about being mysterious and getting people to find out about you you need <laughs> no. to be brazen it needs yeah. to be on show don't yeah. don't leave something for a, re- a reveal later on yeah it won't work yeah Get it in front of them yeah and it's the same um true i guess of kind of keywords so um being being sort of on the peripheral of the recruitment sector for seven or eight years now as i have i know that a lot of recruitment um uh agencies will will use uh scanning software um and and ai when they when they are going through their applications Mm -hmm. and i guess then if you don't have those keywords in your application you might run the risk of not getting past the first hurdle yeah Exactly. I would also um, consider their use of language. Okay. So if looking on their website or talking to the recruiter, if they call customers clients, replicate that. You definitely use the words that are in the advert. But also, you know, if, if they're a very visual company, and you know their language they're using language such as oh i see what you mean or our vision is this Mm. make your language visual and the irony is with cvs is if the reader gets distracted by something it may not be positive so even if you are the best brass widget maker in the whole (laughs) wide world yeah you put a comma in the wrong place and the person reading it is a real grammar Grammar, phonetic you might get dismissed for completely uh, you know for completely the wrong reason yeah i'm not saying that's right 
you're dealing at some point you're going to be dealing with a human yeah yeah and that human is probably working their way through any number of applications yeah don't allow a distraction to stop you being shortlisted yeah yeah yeah. um and we could we could talk about gaps and things like that but it's to just have that document as precise and relevant to what they're looking for as possible yes and then you will definitely lengthen your odds to get into interview yeah yeah some of this does feel kind of a bit unfair doesn't it in terms Mm. of the possibility of not getting through because of a grammar error but that's real life and we need to be aware of it and so listen to our podcast it is not fair but just give yourself the best chance of success i guess is what we're saying all recruitment is about discrimination some (laughs) of it's legal and some of it isn't yeah as humans that how we function yeah if if there's two dogs um attracting our attention and one is wagging its tail and it's got a whole body wiggle going (laughs) yeah and one is baring its teeth most of us would discriminate and pet the dog that's got the full wiggle on yeah 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 so uh, the it's a word that's quite contentious but Mm. that's what people do when they're shortlisting people they're discriminating and hopefully most of the time within the right set of criteria well this person seems lovely but they can't build a brass widget and they can't make a lemon drizzle cake (laughs) yeah so then they're not necessarily suitable but um yeah yeah so Yes, I suppose it's in terms of thinking about what the what the recruiter or the company is looking for and making sure that they that that you have you reflect that and that you are in their favorable um pot if you like. Exactly. Um and in terms of being in their favorable pot then um the, this is kind of slightly difficult because I know people have had different experiences of the pandemic um, mm. and some people will then feel that they're not in the most presentable position on paper for, for the recruiter. How can someone present what, what might to them feel unpalatable to the recruiter? Um, how can they present that in the best possible light? That's that's um, it's, quite a difficult... I think it's our perception around the word work. Okay, yeah. Work doesn't have to be paid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you've volunteered. Yeah. If you've overhauled your house and done a DIY project, you will have used a skill set that you would have used in work. Yeah. If you've home educated your children, it's about showing them that you've not, you didn't just take to the sofa and I'm going to have a year off. And yeah. even if you did that, you've got to show that actually, do you know what? I I invested in me this year. I took on yeah. some extra education. Um, I invested this year in my children's education. Yeah. I I built a sauna at the bottom of my garden and I project managed it by researching the product. I'd never built anything like that before. I taught myself plumbing. So it's about showing them that those skills haven't died over the last 12 months. They're alive and well. You've just not been paid. 
be using. Exactly. I think I think I admire so much of what people have achieved during lockdown. Um, mm. by, by comparison, I'm very inadequate. But <laughs> we 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 wrote a blog um, a few months ago called um, "Don't Mind the Gap." Okay, meaning on the CV because when people have a gap on their CV, it's often the most interesting time of their life. Yes. Yeah. Whether it was caring for a family member, whether it was um, time to go travelling, we actually are all picking up skills. So it's putting it in a positive light. My proviso on that is if you're coming up against employers who don't want to see that, Mm. it's a little bit like finding a partner who quite likes you as you are, but preferred that you were taller, shorter, thinner, fatter, blonde hair, dark hair. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to work for somebody who isn't going to value your whole skill set and is really hung up on the fact yeah. that you weren't in paid employment for that period of time? Yeah. So this is where you, you know, going back to what we were saying before about your research, mm. on that shopping list of non-negotiables, maybe have a target of either the culture of companies that you want to work for or maybe, you know, actual names of companies that you want to work yeah, for yeah. are going to value yeah. that type of experience. I'm not saying that this is going to get you a job any quicker. No, no. But what it might do is get you the right job first time round. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I think what I'll do is I'll put on the notes that go with this, the the link to that um, blog, if that's okay. It's a tough one. And um, another tough one, just very quickly, um, if, if someone has lost their business um, because those circumstances out there have, have just prevailed, unfortunately, I think that must feel quite difficult to present in a positive light. Do you have any thoughts around that? I think it's a very difficult question for it you, is. so sorry. <laughs> it, it, it's very it's very emotional. There's a grieving process yeah. um, to go through with anything like that. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. Some companies will be worried if you put director, self-employed, because okay. they'll think, oh, they'll be off in six months starting something else up. Oh, so yeah. there's nothing wrong with changing your job title to reflect what you actually did in your company. Okay, yes. So if you had people working for you and you were the person who ran the business, you know, was it that you did payroll? Was it that you did health and safety? Mm. So think of your job or your career in terms of your actual, um, the, the day-to-day skill set that you used. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a good one. And, you know, uh, my husband and I had um, a computer company years ago, but basically I was a sales coordinator. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, so we that's what we did. We went back out to the job market with our skill set title. Mm-hmm not yeah. our company title yes yes and then if you then get get through the door and get to interview you can then discuss it um if 
and it, as appropriate then um uh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of guessing well i'm not advocate i'm not advocating lying no. on the tv no, no, at all. No. But what you're doing they don't know what you know yeah yeah so you've got to put it in terms that they will understand yeah yeah uh, now you know there are companies out there who love entrepreneurs mm-hmm. Or you might decide you want to go for fixed-term contracting or temping. Now, a lot of agencies love people who've been self-employed because they know that they'll see that contract out. They won't have an eye on a permanent job and leave it after a fortnight. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that kind of takes me on to kind of another question I wanted to ask. Well, another two questions. Um, so let's go. <laughs> let's go one at a time. Um, so the point that you've just made about you know potentially temping, um, whilst also looking for a full time or permanent job, rather, um, is that okay? And if they are temping. Should they tell their temping agency, although would their agency then be less inclined to give them work? I, I don't know. And it, again, I think it depends on the agency, depends on the individual, depends on the relationship they've got. Um, but but what are your thoughts on that? I think temping's a brilliant way back to work. Mm. I mean, I, I've done it in the past several times. Um, not everybody can temp. Mm-hmm. The way my company views temps is superheroes yeah you fly in you sort the problem yeah and then you disappear and that's what temps are about they're short of staff it's you know they've got a busy period they're looking to recruit permanently but just need a pair of hands while they do that yeah so i think temping is always a good thing again you need to choose your agency wisely yes so if you are going to be looking for permanent work, be upfront with them. If they don't like that, you've got a judgment to make about who you're working with, mm. haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I would always put temping on a CV, particularly if it's to cover a gap of your normal career, yeah. because you can prove that you're still keeping those skills alive. Yes, yeah. And having the confidence to go in to a business where you don't know anybody yeah perform yeah with you know i think just shows a level of confidence yes yes i mean the job i do now for the agency that i run i was actually temping for somebody else in a building yeah. the owner of the business came in we started chatting and she offered me the job with her agency. Wow. Okay. So I was I was just covering reception. Fantastic. Um, you you were in the right you know, place. <laughs> yeah. 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 We we got chatting and so on. And you know, we've we do a series called Where Are They Now? So some of our temps over the years, mm. what job are they in now? Um and we had um one girl who um after finishing uni was packing glasses for us. And now she's an accountant. Fantastic. Another girl who did everything from admin to litter picking um, while she was doing her archaeology degree um, is has now got her master's in classics and is looking to do a PhD on the continent. Grief. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. You know, so please don't think that temp... Nobody should look down on temping. Yeah. I, yeah. 
It's it, that's one of my bugbears. Sorry, I'm not talking over yeah. you, but I shouldn't. You shouldn't get on my um, hobby horse. But I, I, I completely agree with you. You know, and, and nobody should either be a job snob. No, because if the pandemic has taught us anything, it should be that we shouldn't look down on any absolutely. job. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, there was a piece on LinkedIn a few months ago about um, an airline pilot who has done Amazon deliveries and now has started his own decorating business. Oh, fantastic. Brilliant. So it's it's difficult. What I wouldn't do is necessarily rush out to all the agencies and say, I need work, I'll do anything. It's a bit yeah. like rushing into a nightclub and going, right, who's going to marry me? <laughs> um, it might work, but it's not likely. Yeah. <laughs> it's... It's try and be a little bit more specific. Mm. I'm looking for work. This is a skill set I want to use, but be realistic about the pay rate. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, Unless you're in niche IT or accountancy, you may get paid less as a temp than you would as a permanent member of staff for the first 12 weeks. Okay. Mm. But Mm. it's a stepping stone. Yeah. Yeah. And you won't be doing the full permanent job. You will be. You're the person with the finger in the hole in the dam. Yes. Yeah. You're just picking picking up what needs what what absolutely needs to be done. Yeah. That's that's a very good point actually. Um. And mm. I think sometimes in relation to pay rates, if someone is used to earning a certain level, they may feel it's demotivating to earn a lower level. But you've got to be realistic. And if there aren't jobs out there at that level that you were previously on then surely some money is better than no money. Um, yeah. In in the coaching that we do, we tell people to set out three budgets. Okay. So one budget will be what do I need to earn to maintain my current level of lifestyle? Yeah. The next budget is what could go easily for me to take a small pay cut? Okay. And then the third budget is, right, when do I order to skip in order to do my low-paid job of my dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're used to earning 60K and you go down to 45, Mm -hmm. it sounds like a big drop, but you're automatically in a lower tax bracket for the whole of your pay. Yeah, yeah. If your commute is shorter, if you've got a better lifestyle balance, you might not need to eat out three times a week to keep your partner happy. Yeah. You might, spending more time with them actually might mean you have to spend less money on them. <laughs> yes, yes. You see, so, it's, it's about working out all of those things and what's important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. very much. Okay, and um, you sort of touched on it um, as we were talking then in relation to if if you're suddenly out of work um, and and you just need, need work, um, from what you've said perhaps you shouldn't just go out to all agencies and say, hi, I, I need work. It's probably better to have some idea, which was what I was going to going to ask you. Um, and yeah. um, I was going to ask, actually, if you do kind of strike up a relationship with a recruitment agency, would you would it be sensible to say I want to be a such and such, whatever it might be? Or is it more sensible to say these are the skills I, I think I want to be such and such, but what do you think? I mean, how yeah. how how amenable, if if you like, are recruitment agencies in kind of helping shape what might be 
the next role for, for someone? It really depends on their relationship with their clients. Yeah. Some okay. clients will say to you, just send somebody along. You know us. Yeah. You know who'll fit. Yeah. You'll know who can do it. And we've also had clients who want a CV for a fortnight filing job. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, but give them a clue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, say, I'll, do you know what? I'm a very active person, so I'll do manual work. Yeah. I'm happy to do that. It's cheaper than the gym at the moment. <laughs> yes, yes. Or, you know, I love working on my own. Send me somewhere where they just need me to sort through a pile of boxes or microfiche 1960s files. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Give them a clue as to what you will you will be best at because ultimately you're going to earn money from it and they're going to earn money yes, from it. Yeah. So as humans, the the easier we make it for other people to like us, yeah. the quicker they like us. Yeah. Yeah. So you might think you're being very amenable by saying, yeah, I'll do, every, I'll do anything. They take you at face value. And send you to a warehouse where you're shifting bags of Whatever. barbecue charcoal. Yes, yeah. And you've forgotten to tell them that you broke your back in a riding accident Ooh. six weeks earlier. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just say, yeah, no heavy lifting, but I'm happy to be on my feet. You don't necessarily need to talk job titles, but tell them actually what would work well for yes. you. Yeah. And I guess you must always bear in mind that they don't know, like the recruitment agency doesn't know all this stuff about you that might kind of seem obvious. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an important point. And they can't do the jobs you've done. No, no. We know a lot about jobs, but we can't do them. <laughs> yeah. And... And I guess the, the other side, um, if you are that person who we've just said who's needing to shift bags of barbecue coal, um, if if the recruitment agency sends someone who ultimately is unsuitable, that doesn't reflect well on the recruitment agency. So really, no. it's in everyone's interest to to have have a conversation about the different things and just be just be completely honest about what you what you're looking for. I think. Yeah. 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 I I was coaching a gentleman a few months ago. And he'd been a copywriter. Okay. Um, and originally, his role was actually going out, interviewing people to get the copy. Okay. Now, as time went on, it became more and more about the digital marketing, writing meta tags and things like right. that. And he felt more and more insular. So when he was made redundant, he came to us and said, look, I just need to engage with people, mm. which is going to be difficult at the moment. We didn't actually place him, but we suggested to him that in the short term, why doesn't he get a job with somebody like Wiltshire Farm Foods or Morrison's mm -hmm. or Ocado delivering shopping? Yeah. Because his regular customers yeah. will be waiting for him. Yes. And he'll give them a good listening to. Yeah. Hello, Betty, here's your shopping. Do you want it in the freezer for you? Oh, thank And it was for him, it wasn't actually about writing. It was all about listening to people's stories. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so you helped yeah. him identify that. Yeah. Fantastic. Brilliant. And that's that's kind of what it's what it's all about because then 
then he's happy, um, you know, doing doing his work. And then whoever placed him in that work is happy because they've got a good outcome. Um, and you know, it might be might be he has half an eye on a more long term role, or he might yeah. he might be perfectly happy in what he's doing. And that's the other thing that that is one of my <laughs> one of my hobby horses um, is you don't have to be always climbing a the a career ladder if you don't want to, do you? No, exactly. Um, and actually, that was another question I was going to ask you. So if if someone has been doing something for a long time um, and they actually want a complete change and they want to be that delivery driver, perhaps, that we just talked about, um, it must be quite hard for them to convince a recruiter or a hiring firm that actually, yes, I've I've been running my double glazing firm for the last 20 years, but unfortunately it's gone wrong. I now genuinely genuinely want to just be a delivery driver don't let the cv be an introduction to you okay okay make it a phone call a meeting yeah a networking event and go back to that shopping list we talked about earlier yeah yeah so rather than saying i used to have a double glazing sales i used to have a double glazing company and now i i want to do sales i don't Mm. want the responsibility Handing over a CV where it says company director, double glazed, Mm. doesn't necessarily scream sales. No. But if you say, hi, recruiter, um, so I'm looking for a job at the moment, and here's my non-negotiable list. It's got to involve sales. I love targets. I like Mm. a challenge. So they're buying all this. Okay, have you got a CV? Well, I'm in the process of writing it. What do you want to know about me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So what you're doing is you're presenting that skill set rather than here's a title that's going to allow you to make a possible erroneous decision about me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's back to that discrimination thing again. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's there you know there's his there's been evidence of people actually changing their name on cvs because they felt that if their name belied their ethnicity mm-hmm. their nationality their race they may not get further in the sh- the shortlist yes. process yeah or their gender yeah yeah um so let that skill set when you're buying a product they don't go um here's a pen yeah they say we've got this writing implement that's red that's black that's oh and by the way it's a pen <laughs> yes yeah it's they, they tell you all the benefits and features and then before they often give you the actual name of the product yeah get your benefits and features in front of people first okay, okay. particularly if you want to transition into a different job okay great i think that's that's really really helpful um do you know we've we've been talking for a while now so we we probably need to wrap it up we've covered loads um really difficult question what are your top tips (laughs) my top tips don't write a cv until you're you've got a job that you're applying for okay um get that shopping list down non-negotiable yeah what has to be in place for you for the next job what you don't want for the next job yeah keep an open mind 
And mm -hmm. lastly, if you can avoid writing a CV at all, do so. Get out and network. Yeah. Talk to yeah. friends, family, ex-colleagues. Um, when we start to have exhibitions again, a, yeah. a lot of them are free for people attending. Get out there and network. Yeah, yeah. It's a much easier way of getting a job. Yeah, brilliant. Fantastic. Maxine, you've been a, a star. A huge, huge thank you for your time. I think, I think it's fantastic. No problem. Thank you for inviting me, Julia, and good luck, everybody. Thank you for listening to Empowering Agency Workers, hosted by Julia Kermode. For more information on today's discussion, please visit iwork.co.uk, where you can also join our growing community. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you did, then we would love you to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week.